what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm a preacher, so sometimes I'd like to just not get to the rest of my scripture. I would like, stop right there, James. What is causing the fights? It's not a what, it's a who. Not a what, it's a who. It's my dad who knows all the things. Or, or uh, my, my, uh, the, the parents of teenagers might be like, it's my teenager who thinks they know all the things. Uh, or it's my boss. Or It's not a what, it's a who, James. But James, is, he says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You don't have what you want, so you scheme and you kill to get it. Well, as long as, what's he getting at here? As long as the focus is on them and not me, all right, if the focus is on them, uh, I never have to deal with me, right? Uh, And he's saying, when you don't deal with you, you will take things to extremes if we don't deal with ourselves, unhealthy extremes, So he says, you are jealous of what others have, but you don't get it. So you fight and you wage war. Again, you take it to unhealthy extremes to take it away, to get what you want. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God. And even when you do ask God, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want, you want only what will give you pleasure. And the truth is, if we are honest today, we took off the church mask today, Most of us, we are on a pleasure quest. We are not on a quest for truth. Uh, We want what will make me happy now. And so we struggle with this today. We're talking about fighting. What gives us fight? So I want you to say this with me. Um, I will be criticized. All right, welcome to to the human race. All right, now, as we talk about receiving criticism today and how do you receive criticism, I know you're going to want to think in your head, oh, I'm so glad my spouse is here for this message today, or my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, or whatever. So I want you to say this today, all right, looking at me, looking at me, uh, this message is for me. All right, no nudging, no elbowing, this is for me. Everyone, you got to get hit for uh, uh, hypnotized, no, criticized and hypnotized, I don't know. Moses, Moses led people out of slavery. They criticized him. Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, uh, they said he was a hypocrite. Jesus was always getting criticized for hanging out with the wrong people, helping the wrong people. All right, there's no escaping it. We're all going to be criticized. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7.5 says this, and I'll let you sit down. It is better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. All right, so... Before you take a seat, I want you to, to, don't criticize the person next to you. Give them a little bit of praise, all right? Say hello to three, four people. Introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Give them a high five. Tell them I like your shoes. Say, hey, the Cowboys won last week. You guys did good, all right? They did. They did, all right? All right, as you're taking your seat, um, we have our online Freedom Church family that's joining us online tonight I want to or today and I want to say welcome to them so would you join me we have a um, our online family with us today so just on the count of three you can yell scream shout clap or high five or snap or whatever so uh, and then just welcome them as they're joining in today all right one two three hey all right 
Freedom Online family, thank you guys for joining in uh, live or even for those who listen on the podcast later during the week as well. Um, I'm so grateful for technology that we get to use uh, technology and get the, get the word out. You would be surprised how far the word spreads when you like, share, comment, those things. And I'm not about the, uh, what I would call vanity metrics or whatever, but it, it, it doesn't cost anything to do a share takes a few seconds, and you never know who on your timeline needs to hear this message. And so it's always there. Um, Omar, do I need to change anything? We, uh, I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. I know you're, I'm just, we're good? Okay, all right, I'm, we're, all, we're all good there. I'll keep rolling. Uh, praise and criticism, we're talking about criticism today, but praise and criticism, uh, these are windows to the heart, all right? I'm gonna do a little bit of teaching to start, and then I wanna, I wanna preach, and I, I wanna try to, to work through that and, and get there today. Uh, first, praise often reveals what you value the most, all right? So you just, you just practice and saying, hey, how you doing or whatever. You might have told someone, hey, I like your shirt or something like that. That reveals, hey, you, you value fashion. Uh, you value these, these things. Uh, you know, you might have been like, hey, Mike, welcome to the, the gun show or something like that. All right, no one ever says that to me. All right, if anything, it's like, hey, do you have, I got some of the, this lotion you can kind of put on your hair. For thinning hair sometimes, you know? Uh, um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the receding hairline guys, we all, we know those conversations, all right? Uh, praise often reveals what you value the most. Uh, criticism, people who are criticizing or what you criticize, often reveals your deepest insecurities. James says it. James said it in, in, ver in verse two. He says, you are jealous of what others have, all right? And so think, if you know the critical people in your life, someone who's, who is characterized by just being overly critical, um, sadly, most of them do not like themselves and in, inwardly are very miserable um, in what they're dealing with. Praise often reveals what you value the most. Criticism reveals some of your deepest insecurities. We've been talking about conflict these last two weeks in relationships. We're in this friendship series talking about how you have, you read the New Testament, you can't be like, well, it's just me and Jesus, and we're good to go. That's good for salvation. But you read the rest of the New Testament, you see how Jesus lived his life. It was, it's one another, one another, baby, all, one another, one another, forgive one another, serve one another, carry each other's burdens, all these things together, all right? So you can't, you can't fully live out your purposes all alone. You're going to need other people. So we talk about, well, how do we do relationships? Because in Los Alamos, this is hard. It is not, it is, and I feel like for the introverts in the room and for, you know, for myself, it's like it takes a lot of energy to be around people. I, I would prefer to just kind of be by myself. That's what I like. And I know that's how you like it. But again, you can't follow Jesus and do this thing alone. You're going to have to figure this out. So we've been talking about it. We talked about being open and vulnerable. You can't, you got to spend time with people. You got to spend time with people in relationships. Uh, sociologists say it's going to take 100 hours together just to go from acquaintance to a friend. 200 hours together, log together, to go from friend to like a, a best friend, ride or die type situation. So I want to invite you again to the camp out this coming weekend. You can go to the s'mores thing and you can build one to 2% of a friendship right there, right? Just hanging out with people, getting to know people. But just spending time is not enough. If you want to develop deep relationships, you got to take the risk and open up. You have to be vulnerable in that relationship. Go beyond the surface level if you want a deep relationship. And not only that, you guys need to fight a little bit. 
All right? Conflict does not have to be a, a negative thing. And this has been life-changing for me. All right? I, I hate conflict. I run from conflict. Anybody, any avoiders in the room that are you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? Some of you guys, you love conflict. Like, you thrive in it. You're like, oh, let's go. Let's clear the table out and let's go. I get that. But even at that, it takes a lot of energy for, for, for everybody. It is draining. And so we, we, we tread lightly in here. But what I want us to see in these past two weeks, and I could go on and on. Um, I probably shouldn't. But there's so much here on how to handle conflicts to see that it's, we can embrace it. That there's actually an opportunity for a lot of growth to happen here, not only in me, but in our relationship as well. I don't have to run or avoid it. I can let the lion out of the cage, and we can talk about this, and we can deal with it in a way that builds the relationship. So last week, we talked about how do I confront somebody when I'm doing the talking. And we talked about timing. We talked about tone. We talked about when. We're not going to hang on to things and stuff like that, all right? And this can be done. I, I To me, like I had a, I've had a conversation with somebody uh, a while back that wanted me to do the wedding for them, all right? Great friends, they wanted me to do the wedding. Here's the thing, though. I, when I'm performing a wedding as a pastor, caught it. Um, when I'm performing a wedding as a, as a pastor, um, I, I believe there's like a, some spiritual things that are taking place. Uh, when, when those vows are, are taking place. And, and so I take that very, very seriously. Well, these are gr- great, great friends of mine, and, but we don't line up theologically on, on marriage. Fine, I don't, it doesn't matter, no strings attached. It was just like, hey, here's what I think that's happening. And they described, here's what we think. And we saw that it didn't align. They, did, they didn't align. We didn't align. And so we had just, uh, it was a tense moment because I'm like, oh, great, this is the end of the friendship because I got to tell them no and I got to do this. It was the most beautiful conversation I've ever had. And it grew the relationship. We were crying, but we were being able to be open and in a way disagree, but still love each other. And we came out stronger and healthier um, because of that. So it happens. It can happen and it can be a beautiful. Now, I have also fired off that email, right? And it felt good. (laughs) But, oh, man, was it led to the land of regret. Like, ah, dang, that felt good to just get that out. So we talked about that last week on how do we confront somebody and do it in a way that is honoring and respectful and loving and truth-filled, but also grace-filled, right? If you didn't listen to that, listen to that. That could save you tens of thousands of dollars in counseling, okay? Just some of the things that we talked through uh, last week. Now, no one wrote a check for tens of thousands of dollars saying, hey, thanks for that, but if you want to, there's a box right over there. No, no. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I, it's, it's a joke. It is just a joke, all right? Um, but this sort of stuff, I want marriages. I want friendships. I want parents and teenagers and, and, and your kids and your grandkids. I want these relationships to thrive. You didn't get taught this stuff in school. You didn't get taught a class in school on how to handle relationships, how to make friends. And so we're, we're taking the time to do that today. Easy to talk about, not easy to do. All right, so we're going to talk about how do we receive feedback. Someone now is coming towards us today. This is critical for a friendship, for a friendship to grow and be healthy. you you got to bring a lot of humility into this, okay, because I can, I can see all the flaws in you, but you know like I do, as soon as I point a finger 
I got 10 coming right back at me. So you better stay humble when you go to confront, but also in allowing people to speak over your life. Jesus said it like this. He says, why do you look at the log in someone else's eye when you got a speck in, or when you, why do you look at the speck in somebody else's eye when you got a log in your own? Stay humble. Stay humble when you're fighting. But that's not what we normally do. We get puffed up and we want to defend. It's critical to a friendship to have open and honest feedback. So when it comes to feedback, I don't dread it from my friends. I crave it. When it comes to feedback from my friends, I don't dread it. I crave it. Why? Because I don't know what I don't know. This is called self-awareness. It is the number one tool for growth in your life, in leadership, and just in your relationships. This, again, is where your spouse is like, oh, man, I hope they really listen and get a hold of this and allow others to speak in their life. Self-awareness. There's a lot of things that, that I don't know. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Now, high school Mike might want to debate this verse, all right? If you're only making out with a pillow in high school, you'd be like, I kind of might take a kiss from the enemy. That sounds kind of nice. I don't know about that one. No, uh, it's a little TMI. Um, you got to embrace the criticism. It is hard. Why? Because it's going to poke right at your insecurities to allow someone to speak truth into your life. And the hard part is they might be right. Oh, oh. Now, most of us, we might say, oh, yeah, anybody can talk to me. Tell me anything. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, no, you're not. We all struggle with this. You come at me, I got two natural reactions. One is fight, all right? I want to defend. You come at me with something, oh, I got 10 arrows coming right back at you. You got a speck in my eye, look at the log in yours, and I'll come, I want to fight. Or I want to flight. <laughs> That was timed perfectly well. We'll have that over there. Or I just want to fight. I'm going to build up the wall. I'm going to write you off. You don't, who are you to say anything? Like, you're going to give me criticism, and you know what? I'm going to build up the defense that I don't like how you gave it to me. And so, we're, and that's our natural go-tos in any of these things. We don't want to hear it. What if Jesus came in here today, just sat down, and uh, had a DTR moment with you, define the relationship moment with you, just one-on-one, -on -one. nobody else's business, just you and him. And he was like, here's what's standing between you and me right now. Most of us, we would hear it, but it would sting a lot. The rich young ruler, he's like, hey, dude, you want to follow me? Here's what you need to do. And that dude went away sad. So we come into this humbly, allowing other people to speak into our life. You may not have this person. Do you have this person outside of your blood family who can speak into your life? It is absolutely imperative to growing a friendship because I need perspective. I had a boss of mine one time. He had like horrendous breath, like terrible, like dragon breath, like makes your eyes water. Like, dude, spray me with mace because that would be nicer that's happening right now. All right. And you just, you just kind of had to suck it up and kind of deal with it. All right, 
we want people, I joke around, but it's on the serious side of relationships. I don't want surface level friends. Because surface level friends, they'll lie to you. They don't tell you the truth. Well, just as long as you're happy, I just want you to be happy. As long as you're being true to yourself, that's a good one. Or have you ever heard, like, hey, just follow your heart. Follow your heart. That's terrible advice. But they will just say the thing in the moment to make you feel good. I want a friend who values me more than they do the relationship. That's a friend that you can anchor to. That says, Mike, I, will, I lovingly will tell you the truth, even though I know you may not like it, even though it might sting. I want these relationships, so when you find these people, you want to crave this type of feedback. Most of us don't have this. I need truth. I need truth to know when I'm irritating. I need truth to know when I'm too much. I need truth to know when I'm too distant. I, I'm trying to get feedback here, but none of y'all would tell me. I'm looking, like, am I boring you to death right now? You know, I, everywhere you go, you're trying to get some feedback from people, all right? And I want to know. I want to know the truth, this information. Now, some of us, this is where I'm like, oh, I don't know, God, do you want me to say this? But some of y'all just need to grow up. All right, your house is lined with eggshells. And no one can say anything to you. And if they do, you come at them hard. And so now, no one says anything because they don't want to make mommy or daddy mad. Or they don't want to make their husband or their, their wife mad. And no one can say anything negative. You've built a wall around you and everyone's tiptoeing around it because they either know you'll get mad or you'll crumble. And so now no one can tell you what's really happening or they can't be honest. They can't deal with the real you. Andy Stanley, pastor, he says it like this. He says, leaders who don't listen to others eventually get surrounded by people who have nothing to say. All right, this conflict, conflict and receiving feedback is critical to me getting better, to me growing and allowing people in this life. So rather than fight or flight, which is our natural responses, I'm going to give it to you. It's natural, okay? But we're better than that. We're going to grow. We're going to grow our relationships. We're going to see this as an opportunity. All right, I'm going to give you three right responses to, to criticism. All right, three right if you're taking notes. The first one is there's a time to listen. There is a time to listen. Proverbs 15 says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject criticism, you only harm yourself. All right, so there is a time when you have this friend who you've built a relationship with, and you've said, hey, come speak into my life, and they are going to share something with you. Now, how do we know? How do we know when it's the time to listen? When their motive is to help, not hurt. When their motive is to help, not hurt, and it's constructive, I'm going to listen. All right? And I can think of many conversations. One in particular is my great friend, Jamie Duke. When I first moved here, Jamie and I struck up a friendship and a relationship with him. I would not be married. I would not be here today if it were not for Jamie Duke in my life. And I say I wouldn't be married because Rita and I were dating at the time. And we had been dating for, I don't know, roughly a year, I'll say. And um, Jamie says, Mike, let's go out to lunch. 
and he takes me out to lunch at, um, at, the, at the Blue Window. Wasn't then at the time, it was Central Avenue Grill. We're sitting down having a great lunch. I'm thinking I'm just hanging with my friend Jamie. He had some truth to speak into my life. He said, Rita, who you're dating, guess what? She's uh, in college. She's here by herself. Um, she, can, she has at that time and in those circumstances, she can go wherever she wants to go, Mike. And she has chosen to stay right here in Los Alamos. Um, so what are your intentions with, with Rita? Like, she could go anywhere. You're young. You're dating. Like, what are you thinking here? And I said, as a young 22-year-old, just like, oh, you know, well, um, I really like Rita. Uh, I, I enjoy dating her. I, you know, I, I think if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I'm kind of like playing, shuffling around. It's like, you know, maybe in two, three years, we'll kind of see where this thing goes. And and, you know, we'll just kind of see what's happening. And then he looks at me and he says, uh-uh. You, you don't get to treat her like that. And he, he let me in on a little truth. He's like, she's here because of you. And you need to figure out what are you doing in this relationship, not this... And I knew in the moments I received that, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Instead of me waffling, I needed to be intentional. So Reed and I, we had some conversations, and I think within a month or two months or so, I'm looking at it, I don't remember all the timeline, we were engaged and, uh, to be married, and we got married three or four months later right after that. Like It was one of those things where I had to be willing to listen to what my friend could see in me and correct me, all right? I'm not going to hear that just from anybody. We had put in the time and the effort, and he could see what was going on, and he spoke some truth into my life. I need that. I need that. Here, and in, in, uh, I'll just be a little bit vulnerable with you, I love pastoring this church. I love being here on Sunday morning. As a pastor, we get to set up, and we get to tear down, and we get to do different things, and I love meeting you, and I love saying hello, but I have learned that I get really distracted on Sunday mornings. I might be talking to you and looking over here, or I might be talking and looking over there and then doing different things, and I can be very distant, and that is sometimes a troubling thing when you're trying to build relationships and connections with people. So I have had great friends who love me and say, Mike, here's where I think you can improve. Do you have those friendships in your life? When their motive is to help, when their motive is to help, I'm going to listen. Also, when the person can help, when they have knowledge of the situation or they have knowledge that you don't have, I'm going to pay attention. So Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It's not comfortable for iron to sharpen iron. It's going to take some hard work. It is not fun but it is necessary. All right, a time to listen. Another right response is there is a time to answer. When they are missing information, that could change the perception. There's a, a few examples in Scripture. One's Gideon out of Judges. Now, you may not know the backstory to this, but Gideon goes and he wins a war. All right, he wins it with only 300 men in battle. God does this amazing work and they win. But he didn't take all of Israel with him. He left some guys out. They find out afterwards that Gideon didn't send them an invite to the war party. These are soldiers, these are warriors. They wanted to go and fight. They didn't get the invite. So now they're mad. 
The people of Ephraim, the guys that didn't get invited, they asked Gideon, why have you treated this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. But now Gideon replied. Gideon answered. And when he, he gives them the answer, and when the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. He diffused the conflict by answering. All right, so in, in my house, so I get on my kids when they, they got to eat their protein, they got to eat their veggies, they got to eat their fruit. If you don't do that, you don't get dessert, all right? So we kind of have this system worked out with them. Hey, you want dessert? Well, did you eat your, your, your dinner? Did you eat your fruit? Uh, those sorts of things. So I'm getting on to my son because he wants a dessert and he didn't eat his hamburger. I'm like, well, you didn't eat your hamburger, so you know what's going on or whatever. So I'm getting all huffy and puffy with him. Come to find out, he had eaten Rita's chicken just an hour earlier than that that I didn't know. So he feels me. I'm getting all, ah, yeah, 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 you can't do this. I'm fighting about food. And it, I didn't know the information. And then I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, okay. So sometimes you got to fill in the information and fill in the gaps with people. But I'm only going to do this when the person's open to change. Okay, this is where you got to use some discernment. Because most people who are upset with you are not open to change. They just want to be heard. And you know they're missing a piece of information, but if they're not open to change, it doesn't matter how much information you give them, it's probably just going to escalate the fight. you got to use some discernment here. On our, Is the person open to change? I've had people come at me hard on some stuff, specifically in the church realm after 15 years of ministry. And they want to come, I'm like, you're missing this piece of information. But they do, and, I, and I've messed up. I've tried to give them the missing piece of information. It doesn't matter. They're not open to change. They just use that as a weapon to hurl against you even more. And so I, that's why I say, are they open to change? I will answer. So I, there's a time to listen. There's a time to answer. And then there's a time to dismiss. There is a time to dismiss criticism, all right? I hear the great theologian Taylor Swift saying, player's going to play, 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 and hater's going to hate, 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 but baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. You don't want me singing, all right? You don't want me dancing, but I'm going to shake it off. When the person is, but here's the deal. Here's, here's, here's how do I know when to dismiss? How do I know when to dismiss? When the person is characterized by being overly critical. When that person is, by, uh, is characterized by being overly critical. Ah, my teacher. Oh, my boss. All the weather. All Los Alamos. All the construction. All the Starbucks drive through All the internet. All, you know, just what, you know that person who's, the overly critical person, I'm not going to hear it from them. I need to learn, learn to dismiss that criticism. And this is not easy. This is probably the hardest part for any of us to do is to dismiss any sort of, of criticism that we need to. It is the right thing to do. Jesus did this all the time. In Matthew 15, I'll give you one example. Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be rooted up. And so say this next part with me. They'll be rooted up. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. They will both 
fall into a ditch. There is a time to dismiss when the person is characterized as being overly critical. If you're getting comments on Facebook and social media, probably need to dismiss those too, about 99.9% of the time. I had a, I, I got a, I love to do photography. And there was one uh, picture that got picked up by this notable um, uh, social media account. And so they took it and they published it. Got thousands and thousands and thousands of likes. I couldn't believe it. Hundreds of comments. Amazing. I'm like, well, one comment came in and said, I think that's too saturated. What do you think stuck out to me? Being all the people saying, this is an amazing photo. I love this photo. It's great. It's that one punk that said the one thing, right? That's the one that I want. Like, well, who's this guy? I'm going to Facebook stalk him and all this. You know, dismiss it. We spend so much time anxious and worried and fighting people who aren't in the room that we should have just dismissed from the start. Ignore them. There's certain times where we need to dismiss. Now, I did have a friend one time, um, I had to announce just some, some changes at church, and you know how well that goes. <laughs> and I, had to, I was the one in charge that day of, of, of saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to kind of focus on this area for a Bible study. Well, it was almost unanimously rejected, all right? And I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't good. And so I'm like, all right, so obviously I need to listen to this feedback because not everybody is agreeing. But I had one friend, one really good friend, who was a super encourager. Like, there were some guys in the room, I knew they weren't going to like it. No one makes them or tells them to do anything, especially the youth pastor. So I knew it was not going to go well with them. I expected it, overly critical. But one guy, Russ, he was super encouraging. I mean, this guy was always patting me on the back and helping me out and loving on me, and he disagreed. I'm like, oh. Who did I go to? I went to Russ. I said, Russ, I need to know. I need to know the truth. What's going on here? And he explained it logically and in a healthy way where conflict actually helped build the relationship, okay? So you got, you got those people where you want it, you need it, you crave it. Hey, I'm going to lean in here. It's tension, but this tension, we can manage it. We're going to make it. We're friends, all right? We're solid. I got to keep going. These other guys, I'm going to dismiss it. Also, I'm also going to dismiss when the person is emotionally unhealthy or wounded. You've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. So there might be something else that's going on there. I'm not going to dismiss the person, all right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to love the person, but I'm going to dismiss the words and the criticism, all right? Now, here's where I want to preach a little bit, because that's the stuff. I know somebody has said something to you, a parent, a teacher, a coach, a spouse, a child. Somebody has said something, it has wounded you, it has cut you, it has hurt you, and you are still holding on to those words. It's defining your identity, right? And we need to dismiss those things, but also this has helped me greatly in some of the criticism that I have received. I have learned to say thank you to my critics. Sometimes you just need to give God a big giant thank you for this thing that came into your life. Either one, it came from a friend who loves me, who's encouraging me, and he gave me some truth and love that I needed. 
I don't know what I don't know. I can't get better if I'm just trying to wing it. Somebody love me enough to tell me the truth and, and give me that. I'm going to not get angry at them or dismiss them. I'm going to crave it, receive it, and say, thank you. I can grow up now. I don't have to be 42 and the toddler in my house with eggshells all around. Thank you. You love me. I get better and I can grow up. I can, it's called maturity. Or I'm going to say thank you because sometimes, and this is where I'm like, I'm going to hold on to this promise. Sometimes God wants to show off even when the critic is criticizing you and what God can or can't do in your life. Remember, I don't, if, you, if you missed it, I read that verse where the guy, Jesus said, hey, pick up your mat and get out of here. You're healed. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Well, did you see how this guy got healed? Jesus knew immediately what the religious people were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. The critics, the crit he was answering the critics. He says, if they're thinking this and saying this, I'm going to heal this guy to show off who I am. So sometimes, I don't know what's going on. I hate it. I want to fight. I want to run. But sometimes I've learned to say, thank you, God, because I believe you're going to do something that's going to show them that they were wrong. Now, I don't have that guarantee, but that I'm anchoring onto that. Rather than just holding onto those words, I'm taking it to my father and saying, you deal with this. This is, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I don't need this toxin. I don't need this venom. And oh, by the way, I didn't put it in there. But if someone sent you a text or they sent you an email or they wrote you a letter, delete it. You reading that toxicity and poison over and over and over only reinforces who you are or who you're not or whatever. Take it to your father. Delete that junk. I might read it once and be like, I don't want to ever see this again. I don't need it. I don't need it. Last time I checked, it said in Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Well, who? I know a lot of people. But compared to my heavenly Father who is with me, who is for me, who has a plan for me, who has designed me and created me and called me and he knew me, I'm going to follow him, which it all says all of those things in Romans chapter 8. And I'm not going to be confined to what they think or what they said. Thank you. Thank you. I hear you. But my father, he's called me. And I'm going to anchor myself in what he's called me to do. I've had people come. You're not a pastor. You, don't, you can't lead a church. You can't do these things. I've had all of that venom and toxicity come towards me. Do you want me to anchor to that? No, let's roll with steps of faith on what my daddy said. And that's what I want for you today. You have something that you are holding on to. We can think of that person or that thing that was said. And I'm calling you today to dismiss the things that are not from God. Bring it to him. And when it comes up in 15 seconds again, guess what? You bring it right back to him again. And when it comes up an hour later, you bring it right back to him again.
The devil wants to put you down on who you're not and what you can or cannot do. And you have a father who has called you. God is too big and your calling is too great for you to hold on to something so small and insignificant. We at Freedom Church want you to take next steps of faith. And I don't care if it's a small step or a giant one. Any step of faith that God calls you to do is huge in the kingdom and the spiritual realm. And that's what I want for you today. We can't please all people, but we can please God. Can we stand for a prayer, closing prayer? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.